This episode of Channel KRT is sponsored by Red Ribbon Reviewers. Red Ribbon Reviewers is a movement for internet-based reviewers and podcasters to spread awareness and discussion on HIV and AIDS during the holiday season. To show solidarity with Red Ribbon Reviewers, we'll be including a donation link to Project Hope in the description for our Christmas episodes, as well as on our Twitter and Instagram feeds. Thank you, and happy holidays. Welcome back to Channel KRT, or as we call it in December, Christmas KRT. I'm Kit Kringle Quinn, despite having very little to be jolly about in this damn year. I'm Tyler, the disgruntled retail worker. I'm Randy. It's still November, Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, still counts. (laughs) Oh god, I just realized I could have called myself Kit Quinn. I'm I'm taking back this podcast. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> we will end the war on Christmas when it ceases its illegal occupation of Thanksgiving. <laughs> I will say this: so far, nobody has bitched about me saying Happy Holidays on my shift. So, yay! I can't believe it. In these day and age, you can't even harass retail workers without fear of the cancel mob anymore. Something, something, Starbucks. Something, something woke mob something something the gingerbread people now have pronouns they're making santa non-binary my gingerbread will have a ginger penis thank you very much (laughs) anyway joining us on our very first jolly topic of this year you know him as the hero of tomorrow on various social media platforms as well as the cartoon hero on twitter ladies and gentlemen eli aka the hero of tomorrow yay yay thanks People. and this has been a long time coming <laughs> it, it <laughs> hell yeah although for real thank you so much for joining us for this it's no problem. I didn't want to like overstep my boundaries, but I was secretly hoping that I would get on the show one of these days. <laughs> well, of course. Don't worry. Oh, You're more yeah. than good. That has happened with a lot of people, surprisingly. And I love that. That's how you get a guest spot on our show. You don't ask us. You're just supposed to wish upon a star and hope we, you know, hear it somehow. <laughs> but anyway let's talk about something that actually makes us happy this amazing special yeah oh man so fucking all of the other reindeer another topic that has been a long time coming and speaking of our discord server i want to shout out one of our listeners xander who has been a mighty mighty champion of getting this on the show he's been requesting this nonstop, and it's finally fucking happening are you happy now I'm kidding. <laughs> you don't have to beg me at all. Just say, guys, review this, and I would have happily obliged because I love this special so much. I'm glad I obliged. Me too, honestly. So we <laughs> should get into our relationships with the special. Um, so I actually caught bits and pieces of this when this would air every year on Cartoon Network, and I believe it doesn't air on Cartoon Network anymore. I don't think it's aired on TV since sometime in 2012 which is very disappointing I guess. yeah it's also due to disney now owning fox so what they'll choose to distribute on tv is the lottery to say the least put this on disney plus you cowards yep put it on disney plus for god's sake they really should yeah it's like they bank so much off of the simpsons being on there now it's like why not add more graining products? oh yeah but that we forgot to mention this is a matte graining thing for kids. Yeah. Just kids, not just for like, you know, kids who are allowed to watch Fox TV. I swear I didn't know they'd be awful, Lisa. If I'd known, I only would have slapped your faces on mugs, t-shirts, candy, lunch boxes, board games, gum, novelty flying discs, and fluffy fluffy beach towels. Hell yeah. Also, what's your relationship with it, Eli? Well, I don't remember how I got it, whether it was at the book fair or I happened to see it at a bookstore and we picked it up. But I actually did own this book as a kid. It came out in 1997, so I had it around then, and it was adapted in 1999, so I was the target audience. And like you, I did see this a lot on Cartoon Network growing up until it mysteriously disappeared. (laughs) Uh, The end of the syndication era. God, I miss it. Hmm. God, no kidding. 
end the streaming era already. I want to go back to regular daytime TV. I want to go back to Saturday morning cartoons. I'm so sick of having everything at my fingertips until it's removed for tax write-offs. Anyway, if you see David Zaslav in the street, please do everybody a favor and punch him as hard as you can in the gut. What does this guy have against things that make people happy? Ooh, those Looney Tunes that everyone loves and is a cultural staple of our country. Oh, I sure hate those. I hate that rabbit, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Anyway, if I were to meet David Zaslav, I would trick him into going on the top of a Thai building, making him walk off it and not realize where he's going until he's standing in midair and he falls and go splat on the you ground. You forgot the part where he briefly transforms into a donkey before falling. Or a lollipop. You know what? We'll let him pick. Donkey or lollipop. I'm not even going to give him the dignity of having a sign that he holds up that says, yikes. <laughs> also, draw a bunch of money signs on a wall somewhere and tell him he can run up and get it. And then he just crashes into the wall. There we go. No. <laughs> Far be it from me to wish death on someone in a recorded format. Now, I'm not saying that if David Zaslav were found somewhere with a giant anvil on his head, (laughs) I'm not saying you should do it, but... (laughs) Nobody would miss him either. (laughs) Good riddance. Don't arrest me, it's all a joke. We're talking about Looney Tunes ways of killing someone. You think we can actually do this? (laughs) (laughs) So my relationship with this special is that way back in 1999, I received a bunch of VHS tapes, and this was one of them. And I had an interesting range in what Christmas specials I watched as a kid, because they were amazing things like the Rankin-Bass specials and this, as well as the Winnie the Pooh Seasons of Giving. Lots of good stuff. I would still die for Cassie. Yes. I would take a a bullet for that little bird. Yes. I was so happy when she came back in the Book of Pooh. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. And it also included stuff like the Good Times Rudolph, but that's another story. <laughs> oh, I love I that. Mean, that had Eric Idle. And Whoopi Goldberg and John Goodman. Jesus Christ, that might actually be like the most star-studded Good Times movie of all like their entire library. And it was the only one that was theatrically released on top of that, so... Hmm. We'll get to it someday, believe me. Oh, but (laughs) we have to. We're morally and financially obligated to. Absolutely. I remember watching this one every single Christmas. Hell, there were even some times where I'd watch it in the middle of summer just because I loved it so much. And to this day, it still holds a really special place in my heart. And I feel like it was a big introduction for me to get into The Simpsons and Futurama. Yeah, what's really great about this is that Matt Groening was really not much of a guy to do like children's stuff. The closest thing he did before this was a miniseries of books aimed at preschoolers starring Maggie Simpson. Oh, yeah, that's right. But other than that, you know, that was it. And and I gotta say, he fucking nails it. This is great for his target audience. And this actually is an adaptation of a 1997 children's book by authors Vivian Walsh and J. Otto Siebold. And I apologize if I'm getting that pronunciation wrong. Fun fact, um, it's also based off of their actual dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was based on Vivian Walsh's real-life Jack Russell Terrier of the same name. One of the best dog breeds ever, by the way. Hell yeah. If I'm not mistaken, Drew Barrymore, who voices Olive in this, actually named her kid Olive because of this movie. Oh my god, that's cute. Yeah, that's That's adorable. Also, this isn't to shit on CGI or say that there isn't a lot of effort that goes into CGI animation. I miss when it feels like CGI animation was actually stylized and had a purpose to exist like it does in this special. Like, it looks fantastic here. Well, that was one of the good things about the limitations of CGI in the past is that you really had to get creative with it. Absolutely. I miss when it looked just slightly less realistic, you know? Yeah. yeah. All I can say to that is watch the Peanuts movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> More shit like that, please. Peanuts movie, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, obviously Spider-Verse, Nimona, all of those. The Turtles. Yep. Yes. By the way, I gotta say about this animation style, I was expecting to be repulsed by it. I really liked it. 
I yeah. love, Hell yeah. I love it. And yeah. you can even see a little bit of the graining trademarks in it as well, like the kind of overbite they give the characters as well as the very stylized style. The whole thing reminds me like so much of the way Parappa the Rappa is made. Yes. yes. Yeah, like the illustrations of the book by J. Otto Siebel were the inspiration for the look of the special. And you can definitely tell because character design wise, it really sticks true to the style of the book. Like, it, weirdly, it looks like every character, humans included, were all drawn with snouts. Yeah! yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even if they have noses up above them, their faces all jut out at the bottom like a snout would. And I say that because on animals like Olive and, well, all of the other reindeer, it looks more natural. And you only ever see the characters in profile. And like... Randy just mentioned, they move like they're paper cutouts almost. So between this and the fact that the special stars a talking dog, it's kind of like if the creator of Parappa the Rapper made a Christmas special. And now that I've said that, I really want it. Okay, is this one of those like fake 90s cartoons that are like really realistic looking? Or was there a Parappa cartoon? I'm pretty sure there was, but I'd have to look up more info on it. All of the I slam my penis in the car door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nah, Martini would be the one to do that. <laughs> I slammed his penis in the car door. Boy, 2021 was such a vibe. You had that and the dancing cat porn. <laughs> yes. So this special was also written by Steve Young, who gave us, of all things, Hurricane Nettie. Oh my fucking god, <laughs> what? We've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> Anyway, my controversial Simpsons take is that after Ned goes on that tangent, everybody should have just beat the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't blame him, but he went about it the wrong way. The completely I wrong way. I mean, it's way. still an iconic rant. Don't get me wrong. But like, Did yeah. he roast the baby, too? It's false. No way. Not this time. We created it. Not this time. No. Oh, man. I'll have some interesting takes on how this special is with capitalism but that's another story <laughs> oh yeah one of the animation studios that i wanted to shout out who was involved in this movie dna productions who's best known for jimmy fucking neutron holy shit what that's right yeah, the oh. hi i'm paul studio hi i'm paul I will be forever mad at the ant bully for killing DNA productions. God damn it. Give us back that perfect balance of early 2000s CGI. Give us a proper finale to Jimmy Neutron. Damn it. Raise your hand if you also were scarred as a child when one of the rare Paul variants showed up and it ruined your sense of familiarity for a brief moment. <laughs> okay, that actually never happened. <laughs> Same. Oh, I got I got two of them. I got the one that went backwards and the one that had a mustache, and both of them scared the shit out of me. Hola, soy Pablo. <laughs> oh god, the backwards one would scare the fuck out of me. Yeah. I mean the original bumper was pretty creepy in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> there are only two genders and they're both Nickelodeon and logos that traumatized <laughs> you. The Claspicuspo logo and the high I'm Oh, I had a nightmare about that one time as a kid where whatever I did with my face, the logo would like do the same thing. Like I was looking in a mirror, but my reflection was that weird face. It was awful. It was <laughs> horrifying. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> also obligatory because I was on the Beverly Hills Chihuahua episode of Escape from Vault Disney. This is the much preferable movie where Drew Barrymore voices a dog. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. Huzzah. Wow, if I had a nickel for every time Drew Barrymore voiced a CGI dog, I'd have two nickels. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, just, yeah, at, the, at this point, this this stops being weird. <laughs> There's a hell of a cast in this, by the way, because we also have Joe Pantoliano. We have Dan Castellaneta. We have Ed Asner, rest in peace. Peter McNichol, Tim Meadows. And because there's no such thing as escape, Daedric Bader. Oh, my God. And don't forget Michael fucking Stipe yeah. <laughs> in a rare voice yeah. acting role. Yep. <laughs> and we'll have things to say about his voice performance, but I will say that his song friggin' slaps. Although before we get into the rest of the special, I do want to circle around back real quick to that Parappa the Rapper cartoon, which was actually an anime. 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It doesn't use the same art style as the games. Unfortunately, the characters do look a lot more solid. Yeah. But it's good 2D animation, and most of it is on YouTube with subtitles. So, hey, guys. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to look it up. So if you couldn't tell this was 1999, Christmas trees were only 25 cents. <laughs> <laughs> and a handy-dandy abortion only cost a nickel. <laughs> Less if you have a coat hanger. <laughs> so in the opening song, we get to see Olive going around town, being excited for Christmas, and also helping out a mouse family. One of the best things about the special is that Olive is just so likable. She's such a nice character. She is baby. Yes. The mice family's Christmas tree is one of those little car trees you hang up. <laughs> yes. That's so fucking that cute. Was so cute. <laughs> and I think they're both voiced by Kat Susie too. Probably. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, you know, not the first time we're covering a topic where Kath Susie has interacted with a Jack Russell Terrier. Huzzah. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to be cynical about Christmas these days, especially if you work in retail, but I've never stopped loving it. And, and even if I do love Halloween a bit more nowadays, and this whole plot kicks off because Olive genuinely loves Christmas and wants to save it. Absolutely. And in my opinion, this is one of those specials that, along with Muppets Christmas Carol, that reminds you that the holiday still means something and does have a lot of magic to it. It's when you get away from all the capitalism and all the bullshit. It's way better. Isn't it weird how we learn this from capitalist properties? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but you can only criticize the system so much when it's pretty much the system. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? The true meaning of Christmas is just taking the stick out of your ass and knowing that, you know what? Capitalism pops off sometimes. <laughs> like those little skull-shaped crystals you can get for, like, way too much money at the mall. It's just one of the joys in life. <laughs> so then Olive ends up meeting Martini, who basically now works as a counterfeit watch salesman. And I just love that there's implications that the zoo can just fire their animals at any time <laughs> like what happens if they fire like the hippo or the tiger like do they just release them on the streets and let them maul people i'm sorry angry pissed off rhinoceros during re- season that we kept intact for breeding purposes you're fired now go out in the fucking middle of the street and see what happens <laughs> oh god he just killed that kid's mom and dad I hope it doesn't come back as a weird smoke monster. Right, oops. No. It's scared little boys. <laughs> hey, what's that giant peach doing in my room? <laughs> Don't go in there. There's singing bugs and those things. <laughs> anyway, so I love that, you know, Martini's talking about how he got fired. And he mentions that he used to smuggle in dirty magazines. This aired on the Cartoon Network, everybody. <laughs> Because, as Nordy would say, perfect family entertainment. Hey, this is a Matt Groening production. You can't expect them to be too family friendly. Also, this is probably a mark against my intelligence, but I only just got this year during this watch that they named him Martini because they usually put an olive in a martini. (laughs) Well, I guess that's less suggestive than putting a martini in an olive in this case. Yeah, I did not get that at all. I don't know. Actually, I think putting the olive in the martini is a lot more suggestive. Also, yeah, most of the characters in this movie were made up whole cloth to give it a plot beyond Olive has to get to the North Pole and help Santa deliver toys. Also, you could argue the joke about the counterfeit Rolex being spelled with three X's is kind of dirty, but it's a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. Also, obligatory warning, if you hate puns, this is not the special for you, because just about every character's name is a pun or some sort of wordplay. Yeah, but unlike Mad Monster Party, which we recently reviewed, they're subtle about it, and their puns are actually funny. And on one level, I get it, because the whole book is based on mishearing a lyric from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which is really funny, given what we find out later. But some of these are pretty groan-worthy, <laughs> especially when we get to one in particular later. <laughs> wait, also, when the policeman stops them, wait. If the policeman's badge is to be believed, this special actually takes place in Norman, Oklahoma, which is not far from where I'm living now. Tyler, is this why you picked me to be on this episode? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I can explain. Hey, wait a minute. How do they only get to the North Pole in a few hours if they live in Oklahoma? You succeed at these clothes. So the rent a cake thing, I both was like, okay, that's probably a reference to the whole joke about how Martini was selling cakes full of knives to the zoo animals and inmates to help them escape. But my first initial thought also was, that sounds like a prostitution ring. Hmm. Oh my god, <laughs> the penguin's a human trafficker! No! Penguin Epstein! <laughs> oh no, it's Penguin Tate! <laughs> Andrew Martini! so we find out that olive is basically brian griffin in this universe and isn't like other dogs oh yeah so that's why earlier in the in the opening segment when she almost gets hit by a car i screamed olive look out (laughs) which is so funny to me because the penguin can talk to people and the animals can just basically talk to anybody they want so it's like why is she suddenly such a big deal Uh, look a monkey. So what do you want me to say now? Even as a kid, I'm pretty sure that I thought Tim and Alva's relationship was a bit weird. Like, he's her human owner, which again raises the Goofy and Pluto question. But he's also mad that she doesn't act like a normal dog, even though most of the things he describes are annoying things that dogs do. Did you bury any bones today? No, Tim. Chase any cars or cats? Afraid not. Did you even make a token attempt to tear up any flower beds? Uh Uh-uh. And I haven't heard any senseless barking at all. Woof. Hi, I'm a walking, talking dog with human sentience. Get the fuck out of my house, you piece of fucking shit. I wanted a dog that shits on the floor. (laughs) He's like, how dare you have a pet flea, who, by the way, is named Fido, which is really cute. It is. If the scale is to be believed, that is a massive fucking flea. We're all gonna die if this is how big they are now. There was a massive fucking flea. He's gonna (laughs) kill both you and me. Wow, I love red hot chili peppers. (laughs) (laughs) Because it seems like Olive's better than a dog in that case. Like, she's basically human, and she still provides you with companionship and treats you like her best friend. You know what? This raises a lot of questions in its own right, and ones that I'm not comfortable with discussing here, so let's move on. (laughs) She's such a sweetheart. Tim doesn't know what he has. Well, technically he does, but they do the classic, uh uh-oh, they misunderstand what he says, so the way they do it, though, is just so fucking contrived. Like, Fido is deliberately getting this shit wrong. I'm genuinely convinced he wants to put a rip between them. Also, Ever since he was tiny, Tim loved Christmas. (laughs) Okay, that was the one I actually did groan at, so. (laughs) No, that was the one I actually did groaning at. It's graining! Are you sure? No. So, I had to double check this to make sure, but... In the original book, Olive hears Rudolph the song on the radio, and hears Olive the other reindeer. So she thinks it's her duty to go to the North Pole and help Santa, because that's what reindeer do. I guess the implication is that she left right after that lyric came up, because the rest of that lyric would be talking about how she used to laugh and call Rudolph names. Yeah, you'd think she'd just have an epiphany about how she treats people. Yeah. But in the special, Santa makes an announcement over the radio that Christmas might be canceled because Blitzen was injured. He was injured in the book, too, but he didn't announce it. And it's during the broadcast that he says, we'll make do with all of the other reindeer. And that's where Olive hears it. And if anything, it's Fido who convinces her that he said Olive because, as previously established, she doesn't act like a typical dog would. So in this world, it's absolutely known that Santa is real to the point where he gives out interviews and no one makes a big deal about it. Oh, he's having press conferences, this guy. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Also, someone on Letterboxd said it, and I'll say it as well. This movie is a trans narrative. Change my yep. mind. Oh, yes. It's similar to Teacher's Pet. A dog wants to be something that she isn't born as, and she gets to live out her dream. We love that for her. We should totally look at Teacher's Pet, the movie, one day. Yes. We should, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, totally. So one thing I wanted to point out was the way I watched this was kind of unconventional, but in in a way, really great, because I actually watched the original Fox airing from December 1999. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And this had a lot of great fucking commercials. 
So for starters, they were advertising the Fox Sunday block. What aired that night was the Y2K episode of King of the Hill, (laughs) the Simpsons episode with Gary Coleman, and the killer Robo Santa of Futurama all in one night. Oh my God. Fucking Pat. I just want to experience 1999 again for five minutes. I love that this kid's special had a commercial for a show that has a killer robot Santa. I love Um, that. And the hypothetical end of the world. Oh, yeah. Not only that, but it also had like commercials for like the 1999 Toy Story 2 McDonald's Happy Meal toys, which, yeah, those were fucking great. I missed those custard pies so much. (laughs) Yes. Did they have any commercials for the Family Guy Y2K episode? Surprisingly, no. (laughs) Probably. I didn't see anything about it. Uh, Let me see when it aired. They also had commercials for Crash Team Racing with the guy in the Crash Bandicoot costume and Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, which fucking loved Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas. I gotta rewatch that one of these days. Yeah. Yeah, that special's really cute. Yeah, it is. I love also, it. Also, there's no other TV airing where you can also watch Ray Romano do an ad for Johnson & Johnson where he talks about making people laugh with terrifying jump scare faces. Ah! <laughs> oh, God, it's Ray Romano. Do something unexpected. Invent jump scares, kids. Oh, God. <laughs> it's the sequel to Everybody Loves Raymond. Five Nights of Raymond's. Oh, God. Five Nights at Manny's. One more commercial I forgot to shout out was the Gogurt commercial. Oh, those are so good. Which apparently Gogurt was like first released in 1999. So it's oh. younger than me. <laughs> but the one thing that really got me about this commercial was that it was filmed in front of the building that serves as the exterior shots for Patty's Pub in Always Sunny. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. You're telling me Gogurt is an always sunny zoomer? Merry Christmas, bitches! <laughs> I really think that commercial could have been improved with a Danny DeVito cameo. Oh, yes. it totally could have been. I'm the Gogurt man. I eat from the Gogurt. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> also, they had this terrifying promotion for Ally McBeal where for some reason they give them these awful CGI tongues when they see a girl stripping. Why? Well, Ally McBeal did have that weird CGI baby, so. Oh my yeah. god, oh, I think I missed out on the commercials. This movie's free on YouTube. I looked it up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of different airings. Ah, damn it. <laughs> but anyway, so back to the specials. We get introduced to our villain of the movie, the postman voiced by Dan Castellaneta. And goddamn, this special is just one of many reasons he's such an amazing talent. He's really letting his inner Homer Simpson just fucking fly out in this. In and Robot perfect. Devil. Oh, yes. So, I have a lot to say about this postman. So, kid, if you have something to say, go ahead. Oh, yeah, no problem. He reminds me so much of Jimmy from the Scary Godmother movies. Oh, God. Because he just hates Christmas so much and is willing to do anything to shut it down. And he has it out so much for this dog. I, it's just delightful. He is such a deeply petty motherfucker. And why does he want to completely destroy Christmas? Why is he willing to go, like, risk life and limb to destroy Christmas because his job sucks during Christmas. That's literally it. One flimsy little Christmas card. Surely that can't be too hard, but multiply it a billion fold and see why Christmas leaves me cold. Christmas bug and hum. Why have we never had a retail worker do this shit yet? I love this special. I'm not saying he was justified necessarily, but I feel like if this special came out today, a lot of people would feel about him like they feel about Mysterio from Far From Home and be like, you know, he kind of has a point. He's going about it the wrong way, but... Wouldn't it both be like financially and physically easier to just quit your job? Yeah, like... (laughs) Let's talk about this postman for a bit. His whole motivation for wanting to try and stop all of the helping Santa is that he's tired of being forced to lug around people's presents and letters on Christmas. And on one level, I want to sympathize. Being a postal worker during the holidays must be hellish. Except Santa is a known real entity in this world who delivers presents to people. Sure, by doing this, you might stop people from sending letters to Santa, but what about all the people sending gifts to their own friends and family? 
Or, God forbid, the people who never celebrated Christmas in the first place. Exactly. That and is all of this, is everything he does in the movie really worth the social stigma of being known as the guy who destroyed Christmas because his job kind of sucks on Christmas? In fact, we later see that he's sending fake letters to Santa to make him give up on Christmas. And the idea that everyone's just going to forget about Santa after this, like, even if Santa can't make the trip, Blitzen will probably be recovered by next year. What are you going to do? Hope your smear campaign works? Or if it doesn't, are you going to go to the North Pole with a shotgun and finish the job? So... Fun fact about me, for a brief period this year, I actually was a mail carrier. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm not going to go, like, too much in the detail, but, you know, what I can tell you about being a mail carrier is that it was a fucking grueling job. Just getting everything together and driving around in the mail car, which, by the way, is not easy. It is a jank-ass fucking car. Oh, yeah, they, Mm -hmm. they look jank. And by the way, they have no air conditioning. Oh, oh God. Luckily, I left the job before the summer started. So, you know, this dude's complaining about how bad he has it during Christmas. It's even fucking worse in the summer, my guy. Yeah. Yeah. Also, in his song, he claims to be doing this for a billion people. Like, is this guy the only postman that exists? Yep, but basically. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been really underfunded lately. I mean, you're not wrong, but I didn't know it was this bad. <laughs> the city probably overfunds its police department and basically gives squat to everything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, USBS is basically staffed like a Dollar Tree at this point. <sighs> I mean, I work a job. I'm not going to say where or what exactly I do. That does involve mail. I thankfully only have to work a very heavy mail machine. I can't even imagine what would happen if I had to go deliver it single-handedly, especially when we get so many returns. It's like... Oh, yeah. When I was training to be a mail carrier, we literally had, you know, videos talking about what to do if slash when we got heat stroke. Uh, Or you could give the fucking car some air conditioning. Uh, I support a strike for them. UPS was able to get air conditioning in their trucks. Hopefully they can as well. From what I heard when I was working there, they were going to get new trucks, but the rollout was not going to be for like another five years. Uh, So in retrospect, uh, I dodged a fucking Yeah, you did. Yeah. 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 Join again in five years. Basically, I think the implication is that clearly this man has already snapped. He's literally going postal and... Uh, Also, I noticed something comparing the two versions between the TV airing and the VHS airing is that they add in a lyric to the TV airing where he's making a joke about how Why not splurge send it priority? What's one more pain in my posteriority? Posteriority? (laughs) Which they had a ton of other dirty jokes, but that was the one they had to cut for the VHS airing. He didn't even say ass. Kids can know what dirty magazines are, but they can't know what butts are. It's because I showed him those dirty books. That's what made him sick. I just know it. (laughs) Like, talk about your forced rhymes. You must have had to reach pretty far into your own posteriority to pull that out. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I swear to God, I kept hearing whatever he was saying, the bah, bug, and hum in the song. I thought he was saying bah, fuck, and hum. (laughs) It's a Mac Rainey production. I wouldn't be surprised if that was what you're supposed to get out of it. You know that's what he was thinking. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Also, Olive is going to catch the Mauve Hound bus. I get it. And I like how the guard asks her if she's riding or chasing. That's a cute touch. <laughs> and also the other arrivals and departures are the Genghis River, Jerusalem, Mecca, Salt Lake City, and Los Angeles, which the latter two are apparently Mormon and Scientology jokes. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad they got the Simpsons writers on this project. Yeah, five stars. It's five stars. Keep the tapes. Can you imagine what would happen if this was aimed at adults? Oh, <laughs> man. All right. Olive. Olive during Ramadan. Let's go. We're going to Mecca. every single santa just beats the shit out of the postal man at the end (laughs) inshallah she will complete her pilgrimage (laughs) also man 
bus stations used to look so nice and welcoming. Nowadays, it's like we got rid of all the seating because homeless people might want to sit down. Boo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went to the Orange County one this year, and it was... It felt like a prison. California. I mean, public transit has always technically been a prison in in some ways. Public transport's a prison, too, I saw, man. Also, I love (laughs) the absurdity of when the postman tries to catch Olive, and he's screaming about how she committed mail fraud. She's wanted for several counts of mail fraud, including licking the self-adhesive stabs and... (laughs) Not mailing early for the holidays. <laughs> like, like, I didn't know Olive was a Yoshi. Maybe that explains why she's not dog-like. <laughs> and also, I love that the thing that defeats the Postal Man in that moment is just a bunch of pens. Like, he doesn't even <laughs> move out of the way. Not the pens! I'll take the penis mightier, Trebek. <laughs> and also, they give him such funny expressions when he's screaming. I love it. Amazing. He's literally doing fucking Homer Simpson screams in this. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Or robot devil with You can't just have your characters announce how they feel. That makes me feel angry. (laughs) Maybe we should call him the annoyed grunts man. (laughs) (laughs) Also, probably my favorite character in this special is Richard Stans, also played by Tim Meadows. He used to think the Pledge of Allegiance was about him. Because Richard, <laughs> Richard Stan. Stan. I recall him having a much bigger role in the special than he actually does. <laughs> How many people is this flea friends with? You don't want no part of this, Olive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mostly remember him as the guy who kept offering Dewey Cox drugs in one car. <laughs> and you never once paid for drugs. Not once. And also mean girls. <laughs> yeah. I also love the part where he says that one time I went down a hill with no brakes. I don't remember what happened, but it must have all worked out. <laughs> Martini's just like... And I was like, did you have a crash so bad that you lost your memory? How many people did you kill, Richard? <laughs> Richard has a body count. <laughs> what if it's not because he had a head injury he doesn't remember, but the carnage was so bad and so many people died that he just repressed it? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, guys. I think I saw this in a movie once. It was called The Bus That Couldn't Slow Down. <laughs> oh my god, we gotta keep the bus going at 50 miles an hour. Go on, I'm Brad Pitt or Tom Cruise or Nicolas Cage or whoever was in that fucking movie. Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. So speaking of vehicular manslaughter. Always a great segue. So the mailman totally killed a guy, didn't he? Yeah. Like- the mailman totally killed that guy when he ran him off the road. Yes, yes he did. Probably, yeah. And that's why I can't sympathize with him, because, you know, he may have an understandable motive, but he's going about it in ways that kill people. <laughs> I mean, at least it put tinsel on the tree. That was that was nice. He is driving to the yes. North Pole in a mail carrier. If they didn't have air conditioning, I'm sure as shit they don't have heat either. To the North Pole. Oh, they do. A- they did have heat. Yeah. And he gets into multiple accidents in that truck, and somehow it's still able to drive. I'm yeah. sorry. How do you build a car that has a heater but not an air conditioner? That, wh- how? How? It's li- uh, huh? Because it was the 80s. God damn the 80s. Also, even if he does have heat, he's still driving with the windows open. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, I love that a paper airplane is what defeats him in that moment. It's just delightful. I was that expecting was... the paper airplane that just hit him in the fucking eye. Yes, I had the sinking suspicion that this mail carrier might be an idiot. Just a guess. Just a little bit. Also obligatory, as happy as I was to hear Billy West and Tress McNeil in the special, please no more white people voicing indigenous people, please. Uh, yeah. Thankfully it's short, but it's a little eh, nonetheless. It's the 90s. Yeah, it was 1999. They could get away with it back then. Yeah, and cue all the people suddenly pretending that they care that Leo Wong or Cleveland Brown and especially Apu were recast or changed completely. In our comments, screaming about woke culture. (laughs) It it was all willing, by the way. They willingly gave up those roles. Yep. None of them gave up their roles by force. They were all happy to step down. Which is more than I can say for Wendy Lee, but let's keep going. (laughs) I have not been catching up with Modern Simpsons at all, but I have been catching up with Modern Family Guy, and the new Cleveland voice is, like, completely identical. 
I, I barely noticed the change. Yeah, he sounds great. It's almost like when you get a black guy to voice a black guy, he could sound like a black guy. Holy <laughs> shit, who would have thought? And Kevin Michael Richardson now voices Dr. Hippert. So it's like, hell yeah. Yeah. So we come to a scene where they're at this diner in this place called Frostbite Falls, which I love that name, by the way. Yeah. I miss diners like that. They look so cozy. I actually live by a really nice diner. Oh, I love diners. I love shitty restaurants so much. I saw a tweet today that says we need to protect 24-hour diners like an endangered species. And I'm like, damn straight. Except for Denny's. Denny's can rot in hell. Oh, yeah. Denny sucks. (laughs) And the postman pulls a bug's bunny. (laughs) Oh, man. So the postman, in his persistence, decides to dress up as a waitress and tell Olive that Santa is looking for her. And I was half expecting him to go, he wants to give you a flying test, but in order to do that, he wants your credit card number and the last four numbers of your social security. And don't (laughs) forget those numbers on the back of your card. (laughs) One of the moments that really stuck with me for whatever reason when I watched this as a kid was when Richard was cheering for Olive and it just peters out. I live, I live, I live, I live, I live. Okay. I fucking love the deus ex machina joke. That was clever. Yeah, like, also it's a shout out to the fucking monkeys who were using the nail files to break out of their cage at the zoo. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I love that in that moment, Olive technically does commit mail fraud. So... Yeah, but it was justified mail fraud, Kit. Very no, true. it's actually not mail fraud because it was addressed to her. So it's yeah, but she also opens uh, other envelopes that were addressed to Santa. That's mail fraud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it turned out those were fake because spoiler, uh, the postman was writing those to, to yeah. convince Santa that you know nobody likes him anymore. Yeah, like we said earlier, he was basically trying to run a smear campaign. For all the kids in yeah. the world. <laughs> postman Pat, Postman Pat, Postman Pat, and he needs to get therapy. <laughs> Apparently, some of those letters, by the way, were addressed to Bart Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you love a good Easter egg. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so Richard actually tries to call the postal service on him, but it doesn't work. So points for actually thinking of that. <laughs> <laughs> And also, we cut to the scene of the bar, and that is a cool-ass-looking bar. I want to go to one that's shaped like an igloo. Yeah, like- Oh, God, yes. It's like a Christmas overlay for the salty spittoon, basically. Yes. It reminds me of the bad guy bar from Tank. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what that was called. Like <laughs> Snuggly Duckling. All right. So, yeah, there's a bad guy bar at the North Pole, because of course there is. And it's called the Top of the World Bar. So I guess that weird Steven Tyler Elf performs there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind me of that nightmare fuel. <laughs> Rocking oh, on man. top of the world. <laughs> Fun fact. I saw the Polar Express in theaters. You know what trailer played before that? Son of the Mass. Ah! Oh, God. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it's like saying, if you think the CGI in this movie looks terrible, wait until you see what you could be 2005 seeing. 2005 was a mistake. <laughs> Remember when messing with the Mask franchise was the worst decision Warner Brothers ever made? Yeah. Wait till you hear what finds out when they mess with the coyote. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to upgrade my anvil thing from earlier to a piano. Yes, a grand piano. <laughs> but also, I can't tell you how much I needed the Easter Bunny punching an elf out for touching his eggs. Yes. Good night, everybody. Also, why don't we just have like the coyote trying to run away from Zaslav, therefore getting Zaslav into all these wacky situations that results in him falling off a cliff? Now, that's a movie I would definitely watch. Yes. And also, I love that the elf that gets all of thrown at him is played by Matt Groening. Apparently, his name is Arturo. Ow! Sorry, Arturo. Yeah. <laughs> also, does he have the anarchy symbol on his hat? Because it looks like he does. It kind of does, <laughs> yes. I love this scene so much because it starts with them like saying, oh, you're a reindeer, you can fly. Well, then let's throw you off the roof. And then Olive just eventually guilt trips them and says, do you really deserve a fucking Christmas after you just tried to throw a dog off the roof? Yeah. (laughs) She was based. And it all just, like, hits them so hard. 
<laughs> yeah, so yeah. it turns out the best way to stop violence is to literally ask somebody, do you think you deserve what you asked Santa for? I mean, yeah. it works for a lot of characters in Christmas specials, honestly. Also, just before that, when Richard leaves, I think they're implying that he might be Jewish because he wishes them happy Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a nice little yeah, touch. Yeah. yeah. I love that the bar owner is named Round John Virgin. They got away with calling a character Virgin. That's the punny name that I groan the hardest at. Like, imagine having one shot at life and being named Virgin. Oh, no. I used to eat seafood at Round John Virgin's. And meanwhile, <laughs> there's lots of people named Chad. Wink, wink. Yeah. Also, we forgot to mention Michael Stipe's schnitzel. Yeah. Rada, 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 rada. Yeah. No, just kidding. It's not that that Cartoon Network schnitzel. Which, you know, I do love the song that he gets in this. We're not so bad, but a voice actor, Michael Stipe is not. No. Yeah, and, and it's clear they probably got him in the booth for like five minutes before the song, so. <laughs> also, I don't know why, but every time I saw the Easter Bunny, I thought he looked like the Easter Bunny costume from the Drew Carey show. I'm hopping as fast as I can, you crazy bitch! <laughs> And also, I love that the song is just like, We're not so bad. We're, not so bad. We're really sweet and funny. We're not so bad. Except for that funny. We're not so bad. We're, we're not, not so, so bad. bad. We're not so bad. We tried to kill a dog, but we're good people, damn it. We just <laughs> wanted to throw Olive from the train. I mean, the roof. <laughs> ah, throw Olive from the train is my favorite Danny DeVito movie. Yeah. Also, Round John Virgin gives Olive a lift in his car, which is called the Polar Express. Can he uh, get for that? <laughs> uh, give it a few years. And also, I love that Martini pays Round John in Christmas Zoo envelopes. Like, yep. that's totally currency, guys. It's North Pole, anything goes. What are they <laughs> even paying for their drinks for? Okay, I forgot to mention that, uh, that... Ally McBeal commercial you teased earlier. That was actually part of a commercial starring Lou Bega, That's where he's right. singing about Fox Friday nights or something like that. Once again, the late 90s were something special, man. Oh, they really uh, just it. 24 hours in 1999 again. Just 24 hours. Something, something brand new Pokemon. Anyway. <laughs> also, I forgot to mention this earlier, but when they're on the bus, Martini is talking about how he was trying to explain that it wasn't a pyramid scheme. And I was just immediately like, my name's Martini and welcome to my non-fungible token campaign. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, it's me, Martini. So would you like to be a boss babe working from home? Well, all you gotta do is sell these lotions and essential oils. Hey, you know that hey, you know that girl you made fun of in high school? You gotta message her about this. <laughs> uh, then we also keep cutting back to how Fido realizes that Tim actually did miss Olive, and it's like, I don't know which one is more wrong here. Tim for being mad at Olive to begin with, or Fido for misreading it that bad. Uh yeah. Olive was just simply failed. Yeah. I do like how Martini never really stops being a con man, but he does become more likable. And I do like that little exchange he has with Olive where he's like, he even got me believing this is going to work. Absolutely. Which is, which is kind of sweet, honestly. I never thought he was unlikable. I thought he was a lovable asshole. I know. I'm saying he easily could have been in a special that wasn't written as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you got to be delicate with characters like that. Yeah. They do a really good job at giving him a good anti-hero arc, in my opinion, and I think the voice performance helps as well, which, side note, for the longest time, I actually thought he was voiced by John Leguizamo. <laughs> I can I can hear it, yeah. It seems today that all you see is violence in movies on sex on TV. <laughs> Wrong Fox cartoon. <laughs> Also, I fucking love Ed Asner as Santa. Yeah. Yes. Which, by the way, not the first or the last time he's played Santa. Yeah, he was Santa in both Elf and its direct-to-video sequel and regular show. Oh my god. Oh god, yeah, that's right. And apparently he played Santa a couple of different times in several shorts that released in 2017. I don't know what they were for, but yeah, he's listed as Santa for each of them. So when he's reading through all the fake letters that the postman gives him, I was fully expecting one of them to say, Dear Santa, you're straight clowning. <laughs> Santa, straight clowning. Dear Santa, <laughs> your mama's so stupid, she's stupid. 
You know, the scheme is kind of like the opposite of that one kid who told Santa she'd have a blue Christmas without him. No, wait, we need we need a letter that says, "Did you fuck my mom, Santa?" <laughs> also, I love that the guard elf is so stringent about not letting people in, but he's not stringent about turning off the electricity on the gate. Yeah, Martini tricks him by pretending to give him a watch that needs repairing and posing as the repairman. Yeah. And also, how did Martini know the number that the guy would need to call? Like, there's no way he knew a payphone's number. Uh, it was the 90s. You had to know the phone number of every single landline on the planet, even the payphones. Yeah. Huzzah. (laughs) Although, I guess if you want to be technical, Olive could have waited for the mailman to go through the gate and avoided all of this anyway. (laughs) Yeah, true. (laughs) Like I said, this postman just might be an idiot. Just a little bit. And also, Santa doesn't see any issue in just leaving out the toy bag where somebody can grab it, I guess. (laughs) Also, I love that Tress McNeil is playing Mrs. Santa Claus. That makes all the sense to me. (laughs) That was perfect casting. I love the line that uh, Diedrich Bader is one of the reindeer guests, where Olive is curious about where Rudolph is, and he goes, There's no Rudolph, it's just one of those urban legends. <laughs> I think it's comic, because he's, besides Schnitzel and Blitzen, he's like the only reindeer with speaking lines. Oh yeah, that's right. Also, Olive points out that the letters don't have postmarks, <laughs> and Santa, when Santa's like, Well, can you fly, Olive? Can you afford not to find out? Can you fly, Bobby? Clarence, no! <laughs> Basically, if Olive died right there, they would take no liability. Ho, ho, ho! I need you to sign this waiver! Oh, God. Olive, don't go down in the submarine! It's a trap! <laughs> ho, 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 ho! What do you mean? This carbon fiber sled can totally survive the bottom of the ocean! Yeah, you would think Santa would know the difference between an actual letter from a child and a letter that's very clearly forged. Yeah. One of the letters is just, I hate you, get a real job. (laughs) Dear Santa, what the fuck did you just say about me, you little bitch? I'll have you know I graduated top of my class in the Navy. Oh, we have fun. Oh, man. So the original book was inspired by mishearing a lyric from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And in this special, there is no Rudolph. That's certainly a choice. Oh, basically if they ever make a sequel to this they'll probably reveal that rudolph was alive this whole time on like mars or something <laughs> i would watch that not gonna lie rudolph red nose reindeer he's gonna kill us all <laughs> so it's that billy and mandy episode yeah <laughs> Huzzah. Also, so we got to talk about how the postman is defeated, because basically what they do is they go after his truck because he kidnapped Martini, and Martini defeats him using a jack-in-the-box, and they fucking tie him up with all these packaging and basically turn him into a penguin of the sorts. Oh god, it's just like Tusk! So when it comes to the actual flying part, I think the implication here is that Olive's being lifted by the other reindeer flying, but I don't know. I kind of like that they kept it ambiguous. Like, I mentioned Elf earlier, but in that movie, Santa's sleigh was powered by people's belief in Santa, and no one's believing in Christmas more than Olive. And they said they couldn't fly with seven reindeer, yet here they are flying just fine. So maybe Olive is doing something. Also, she's not just hanging from the sleigh. Like, her ribbon isn't slack. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's like a Dumbo thing where because she believes enough in Christmas, that's like her feather that helps her fly. Kind of. Ain't no rule that says a dog can't be a reindeer. Also, she's able to make wings for herself using the packages. It's both stupid and brilliant. I love it. It's stupid, cute, and brilliant, and I can't fucking hate it. I swear to God, I must have, like, stopped paying attention for a minute, and then when I looked at that, I thought those were pizza boxes. (laughs) (laughs) The special special was not sponsored by Domino's. How'd you know I thought they were Domino's? I don't know, but that's just usually what I think of. (laughs) Also, apparently the mailman's rage against Santa is rooted in the fact that Santa never gave him a train set he wanted as a kid. Dude, let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I'm still salty I didn't get Madagascar on DVD. What did I get? Fucking because of Winn-Dixie? What child wants to watch Winn-Dixie over Madagascar? I actually have a funny story about because of (laughs) Winn-Dixie. Oh, God. (laughs) My family, my brother, myself, and my mom 
all went to see that movie in theaters. We were one of two families in the theater. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> this was opening day. <laughs> I remember when the Anna Sophia Rob craze of the early 2000s was just everywhere because I saw her in American Girl Holiday. I saw her in that. I saw her in the 2005 Wonka. Yeah, I'm beginning to think this movie didn't do so well because the audience really saw that and were like, oh, what a surprise. Another sad animal movie with Anna Sophia Rob in it. When Madagascar is right there. Yeah. yeah. Also, somehow Martini just knows how to drive, especially a big-ass truck that he can't even use the brakes on. Couple of things. During the car chase, I was like, because every great Christmas special needs a car chase. Yes. This, yes, it does. Especially if said car chase involves a penguin behind the wheel. Yeah. Absolutely. This postman is straight up trying to kill Santa now. Yeah, you're on the naughty list for life. <laughs> <laughs> no, he should get the fucking electric chair. Yeah. No sponge. I wonder why he never got that train set. Jeez. Okay. It's like that bit from Community. Send him to the maze of eternal punishment. No! This man tried to kill somebody. Call the police. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all you're going to do is become Santa, dude, if you kill him. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Have you not seen any Christmas movies? Yeah, and in response to the Jack in the Box thing, I was like, and the postman had a heart attack and died. The end. Yay! <laughs> and somehow he wasn't already going to crash the car because those roads had to be icy, man. Yeah, I mean, it's the North Pole, I would imagine. Also, when they save Martini, Olive asks if he's okay, and he goes, shaken, but not stirred. Children will get that in 20 years. Roger Moore is Ian Fleming's James Bond 007 in Octopussy. Although, them getting reunited is pretty cute. And Olive's got wings now. Yeah. Was, yeah, she deserves wings. She does. There we go. The Big Bad Voodoo Daddy song, the Merry Christmas After All song, that fucking slaps. That's one yeah. of my favorite Christmas songs ever. Merry Christmas After All to everybody big and small. I pulled the sleigh and had a ball. So Merry Christmas After All. one of the few things i actually did remember about this i had that song stuck in my head for the longest time but could never place where it was from until hearing it in this and i was like oh shit and it just has some of the coolest visuals ever like you get two kaiju in the song yeah you get two <laughs> kaiju but you also get the pope getting a, a Phillies hat for some reason yes. i think it's p for pope in this case <laughs> also shout out to quasimodo hell yeah <laughs> Yeah, Merry Christmas after all is a fucking bop. I know part of that is due to Big Bad Voodoo Daddy's presence, and but the harmony isn't bad either. Also, I'm pretty sure the two kaiju are parodies of Godzilla and Ultraman, which I did not they expect. Are, yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Also, we can't escape Mad Monster Party with Quasimodo, but this was a better experience for him. It was very clear. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, he got a back scratcher. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's scratch up. Let's scratch up. I love the scene where Blitzen is like, I'll take you home after I have my cappuccino. And he just gulps it all down. <laughs> Hashtag <So>. me. <laughs> Caffeine effects even reindeer. Yep. Yeah. So this is a leftover from the book when they get lost in the fog and Olive smells their way back to Santa's place by smelling the cookies Mrs. Claus is baking. In the book, there was a hole in Santa's sleigh and Olive actually fetched the presents that fell out. <gasps> Good girl! Fun fact, also, gingerbread is high in oils and fats and can cause pancreatitis in dogs if they eat it. So, oh. Oh, no. so let's just be glad that we don't see Olive eat more than one cookie. <laughs> Yeah, it's a cartoon, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> and for her present, Olive gets her very own pair of reindeer antlers. That's super cute. She deserves, she deserves it. That. And also, by the end, Tim accepts her as being a reindeer. And like I said, trans narrative. Yep. We love mm. it. I Beautiful. love yes. accidental trans narratives so much. Hell Turfs yeah. are fucking seething right now. <laughs> but also, if you're a turf listening to our podcast, get the fuck out right now. Not even kidding. Get the fuck out. Uh, what? Get out! Everybody, get out! Also, Martini returns to the zoo, and at first they're willing to give him his old job back at the zoo, but then he's like, I have a better idea, and I have a penguin for you guys. And he gives up the postal van! 
<laughs> but he's actually happier because he gets a present for the first time in his miserable life. I still which... can't tell if he's crying because he's happy he received a present or if he's crying because the only thing he's ever going to eat for the rest of his life is raw sardines. Honestly, <laughs> I don't care either way. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, it is. Also, they offer Martini his job back because the monkeys escaped and got out. <laughs> so, so as Nash and kids in the hall would say, if he said he will let the monkeys loose, he will let the monkeys loose. <laughs> <laughs> and the epilogue shows that the monkeys are back, but then they receive a saw. I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good for them. Also, Martini becomes a postal worker, and it shows, hey, anybody can really grow into positions. There you go. Also, Tom gets some new slippers, and Fido gets prosthetic thumbs, which he was wishing (laughs) for earlier. And I love that he gives himself one as well. (laughs) Please don't have thumbs. They just have little weird hairs on their leg to grip stuff. Uh... The idea of how many species would suddenly overtake us if they were given thumbs. Dolphins. Dolphins. No, no. Dolphins would build their own spaceships and then leave us to our own devices while singing a catchy musical number. We all know this. So long (laughs) and thanks for all the fish. I don't know. Dolphins have done some pretty fucked up stuff. I don't even want to know what would happen if they saw us and were like, you know, I wonder what we can do with these things. Especially when they see that we've been keeping them in fucking tanks to do circus tricks. Ah, insert that one treehouse of horror segment here. <laughs> Wait, I just remembered. If a dolphin had thumbs, it could do a dolphin punch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, overall, I just love this special. It's just relentlessly sweet and has the perfect amount of satire and kind of snarky humor without going overboard like some specials can. And I just really appreciate it. I'm so glad it still exists and keep the tapes, but especially so that one day it can be added to streaming or be aired on TV again. Absolutely. Keep the tapes, Infinity. I slept on this special for too long, and it it is just the sweetest fucking special. Can't recommend it enough. Keep the tapes and keep the book. Both of them are so fucking cute. I love them both. Hell yeah. And Eli, your verdict? Is this my favorite Christmas special? No. Is it a good one? Yeah, I'd say so. It's also still a very nostalgic special for me since it came out when I was nine. I do like how much they stuck to the book's art style, even if they deviated from the story a lot. And Merry Christmas, after all, is still a bop. So yeah, obviously, I'm keeping the tapes. There's no way I'd let this one go. Damn, I'm sorry, all of the other reindeer, but Jingle All the Way is still going to be my favorite Christmas movie. He got two! He got two! Get the mailman! Valid. (laughs) I mean... It's it's more valid than whoever the fuck decided to make their own version of all of the other reindeer in 2018. Oh no! Oh, yeah, no. what the <laughs> hell was that? I put it in our group chat. There is another book that was released on Amazon in 2018, which has a completely different story about a forgotten reindeer named Olive going to save a missing Santa, but. They could have called it anything, but no. This was 20 years after the special came out. They were definitely cashing in on nostalgia. Lawsuit. Lawsuit. I hate to call things a ripoff, but this absolutely was a ripoff. But she will never be Olive the Other Reindeer. Exactly. Besides, when I look up Olive the Other Reindeer, even if I add 2018 on it, all I get is the actual one. (laughs) And that's how it should be. Hell yeah. I'm just saying, I've noticed that in recent years, Freeform has played fucking Snow Globe way more times than this special. How? How? That should be classified as a war crime. Wait, so you're telling me Disney isn't suppressing that piece of shit movie? Nope. Nope. (laughs) They're promoting it. They know there's like some grandma out there that still has cable, still watching Freeform during the 25 days of Christmas, and just somehow has that movie playing in the background. Oh, God. <sighs> Grandma's begging you, watch better stuff. By the way, I don't approve of any movie getting removed from streaming services, especially if it's the only way to ever view them, but I also was not sad when it got removed. Good Fair. riddance. 
It should also never be a problem in the first place because media preservation is an important part of our society. But how'd the soapbox get here? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I can look the other way. (laughs) Exactly. So huge, huge thank you again to you, Eli, for joining us for this. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was great to be here. And I'm glad I finally got a chance to. Hell yeah. Is there anything you want to plug? Well, first and foremost, during this month, that is to say December, I host Red Ribbon Reviewers, which is a charity event for promoting HIV awareness during December in observance of World AIDS Day. Our third year partnering with you guys, by the way. Hell yeah. Yeah, this year we're also promoting Project Hope, an organization which is not only attempting to eradicate HIV, but is also sending donations directly to the people affected by the war in Palestine and Gaza. And you can do that directly through their website. I run the social media for Red Ribbon Reviewers every December, which is where you can send your content submissions. So look us up on Twitter and Facebook at Red Ribbon Reviewers. As for me, you can find me on YouTube and Patreon at The Hero of Tomorrow or through my Ko-Fi at the same name if you want to support the show that way. And if you want to know where my extensive and still growing video library is located, most of it has been archived at my blog at theheroeoftomorrow.blogspot.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Cartoon Hero Guy or on Blue Sky at The Hero of Tomorrow, because for some inexplicable reason, that name was already taken on Twitter. <laughs> I'm also very grateful to the cast of Channel KRT for not only contributing to Red Ribbon Reviewers the past couple of years, but also inviting me on the show. Of course, man. Yeah, yeah. you're always welcome on. Granted, it wasn't on the Twice Upon a Time episode, which is a movie that means a lot more to me. But I'm not bitter about that at all. No, sir, not me. <laughs> but seriously, if you ever do another Wishbone episode, this is me begging to come back, at least for one of them. We haven't done Wishbone yet. Yeah, holy shit. Wishbone is a good boy. Yeah. I could do a whole separate podcast about that show on its own if I ever finish all those Patreon requests I've got built up. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, you can find me begrudgingly on Twitter still, Mission Breakout on Blue Sky, uh, Mission Breakout on Discord, and you can find me in 2024 finally hopefully leaving social media for good, because hopefully I'll be down in SoCal with my man and he'll be able to distract Aww. me from the end. Hell yeah! So yay. You got this! Aw, thanks. Yeah, we're rooting for you. Oh, so if you can't find me, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also hate social media and want it to die. I can't wait till the dead internet theory becomes real and we create a new better thing because the old internet will be an incomprehensible mess of AI. Bring back MySpace. I will begrudgingly tolerate that social media if we bring back MySpace. We love HTML in this house. Whatever you do, just don't call it the Timmy. Oh. <laughs> As for me, you can find me on the usual spots, TylerFG on Twitter, TylerFG96 on Instagram, TylerFG on Blue Sky. As for the show, you can find us on Twitter at channel underscore KRT, channel KRT podcast, all one word on Instagram, and channel KRT on Blue Sky. We also have our Discord server and our Facebook group, which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter bio. And if you want to help support us, you can also check us out on Patreon and Ko-Fi. On Patreon, we have exclusive minisodes, outtakes, and episodes of this very podcast at its earliest convenience. And on Ko-Fi, we just have exclusive minisodes and outtakes for $5 a pop. And of course, thank you to our pals Paul Spicknall, Tony Goldmark, Ashley Hines, and Chris Reyna for pledging to us the $10 level. And a huge thank you to our executive producer, Gomer. All right. Channel KRT, jingle the static. Ho, ho, ho. What's that, Blitzen? Why, yes, it is Christmas Eve. I'm happy. <laughs>